Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. Our colleague, Noel, is not here today, but he will be returning very soon. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. This is our strange news. We do it at the top of the week. Fellow conspiracy realists, longtime listeners, you know about this, and... Uh, Matt, I don't know what your experience is uh, internally when we're working on strange news, but I've noticed often they seem to, um, perhaps by coincidence, if coincidence exists, they seem to align often three disparate stories aligning into a common theme. And today's episode, in a very weird way, is about employment. The common (laughs) theme is about Jobs, And it's not in the boring or super depressing way that you hear about in the news so often. You know, you've you've seen Matt. I know you Mm -hmm. and Doc and I have seen this, but everybody's probably seen the the various sides of the employment debate going on here in the U.S., right? Well, yeah. And we can see this working with the strike that was supposed to happen within the film industry today. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe as we're recording this, there is no strike happening right now because terms have, they've come to terms? Not, not yet. Uh, no strike has happened yet. Uh, okay. But the, the, the two organizations at play did come to some terms. I think they got some deal, but not, I, I don't want to, I don't want to call out any of the specific people I've been talking with regarding this, but, mm-hmm. uh, but didn't get everything they wanted. IATSE didn't from AMPTP. Uh, those are the, those are the, that's the group of producers here. And the question right now still is, will IATSE accept what has been offered? And if you look at what's been offered, it's stuff that a lot of people would just kind of expect in any Got other it. job or industry. You know what I mean? They're not getting like Fabergé eggs or magic wands or anything like that. They're they're just asking to get overtime when they have to work overtime and to get, you know, guaranteed time off work so people aren't in physical danger trying to drive to and from their work sites. So that's that's still happening. That's something a lot of us think about. But we also here in the West think about things like the short-handedness of so many what I, what are unfairly called service level or retail level positions, right? Recently, a couple of a uh, couple of companies made the news because they were so short-staffed. They asked their executive level folks to get in the trenches and actually cook some food. Did you hear about that one? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and that kind of thing's happening in the airline industry. A, a mm-hmm. lot of the food service industry, as you said, uh, it's it's happening across the board where mm-hmm. they're staff shortages because people don't want to put up with having to do so much work for really so little in return while also risking their lives Mm -hmm. at this point. And uh, for as long as this current pandemic continues or before it evolves into another one. Yeah. And then of course there's also a labor shortage cause that a lot of people don't talk about. And that's that in the U S alone, hundreds of thousands of people have died due to COVID uh, and these people, many of them, uh, would have also had a job or something. So the, the, we're going in a bunch of different directions here, but we, I think we both were surprised to find that without intention, which is another magical concept, we have, we have made a strange news for you today, folks, that is about employment from all sorts of angles, hopefully two that you will not expect. The first one, astute listeners, you've noticed we've been peppering in some occult phrasing, a little bit of uh, a little bit of magic foreshadowing here. Uh, the first our first story today has nothing to do really with the US. I think it takes us down to Christchurch. It does. And it is with a heavy heart I read you the following headline. The AV Club reports, Christchurch fires official city wizard, leaving itself dangerously open to dragon attacks. <laughs> no, no. Yes, yeah. no I'm, reading, I'm reading from this one because they have the best writing on it. And I'm just hmm. going to read you the next line here because it really does. It just warms my heart and it makes me sad at the same time. And it's a weird, wonderful feeling. Christchurch, New Zealand has just made a terrible mistake. It has fired its official city wizard, a man named Ian Brackenberry Channel. 
and now finds itself undefended against attacks by magical armies of dragons, goblins, and most dangerous of all, outraged bands of rogue magicians led by Brackenbury Channel himself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, heavy weighs the head that wears the pointed hat in this case. Uh He's known as the Wizard of New Zealand, and for a while that was his title, right? This was actually a contract he had. And, you know, I, I want to go out on a uh, limb, or shall I say a broomstick here, Matt, and say that I don't think he was in it for the money. I think Channel was motivated by something beyond uh, financial requirements because he wasn't making that much, right? He was only making about 16000 AUS, Australian a year, right? That's correct. It equates about 10,000, roughly, okay. US dollars a year. I guess we can just jump right in. We're talking about this not because it's stuff they don't want you to know. We're talking about it because there really was an official wizard of New Zealand for 23 years on the books getting paid to do wizarding stuff for the country. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we were going to talk about the official piece of paper that was given to him by the prime minister in, I think, what was it? 1990. Uh, yeah. Cause he's been active for a while, right? Mm-hmm. For like two decades. Oh yeah. He's been in Christchurch for a long time out there in New Zealand around this specific square where he would basically soapbox to anyone yes. and everyone that came by and he would preach his, a particular brand of contrarianism. It was meant to be funny. It was meant to be thought provoking and, mm-hmm. you know, stir the pot a little bit. Um, it's performance art. And he's, he's been, he's been called a living piece of art. I believe is the phrase or a, uh, I think that's what it is. A, 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 he's a national treasure, a living piece of art. All the, he's got all these accolades on his driver's license. His name is wizard. The, <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess not anymore. I don't know how that's going to work when they re, re, they take his funding away. Mm-hmm. According to the folks who run Christchurch, he will get his last payment in December of this year, and then he will officially be the wizard no more. Yeah, he he has such a storied history, too, because apparently he's very well known in the area in the 70s and 60s, 1970s and 60s. He was the resident wizard at the University of New South Wales, and I think it was the National Gallery of Victoria that called him a living work of art. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was one quote, Matt, I thought you would like. It was uh, in Old Framling Hamian or OF Magazine, uh, in one of their pieces, he is described as, quote, politically, morally, aesthetically, and intellectually incorrect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Because he, yeah. he had these exploits where apparently he, uh, he would do things uh, when he was in that cathedral square that he was mm-hmm. turning into like his soapbox area or his ranting grounds, you could call it. He was threatened with arrest in the beginning, but he kept doing these outrageous things to get around the accusations or the charges against him. Like he would speak wearing a gas mask so no one could hear him. He would speak in made up languages. He would just pretend to speak but not say anything, kind of miming. And then uh, he one time also spoke in French and used a blackboard. It's very, 
very strange part of the world. You know what I mean? But it's it's performance art, and I gotta say, I love it. Mm-hmm. Like I love this concept. He he's quite a smart fellow. Went went to school in several places uh, across Europe and studied psychology and ooh, I, I forget his other. He has another uh, yeah. sociology. Of sociology. Art. Yeah, and so I mean, he's got a lot going on up here. He is like I I don't know this person this wizard, uh, but he has this contrarian thing. And I think that's a lot of a big part of his philosophy and what he speaks about. Mm-hmm. And he uses this contrarianism. Uh, <clears throat> he wields it well uh, to, to kind of jab people where it hurts. So he got on a bit of a men's rights trip, I would say for quite a while there. Uh, and it was reported on, Gosh, I think starting in the early 2000s, you can actually see YouTube videos of him being interviewed by various morning shows in the U.S. as well as New Zealand television shows. And he says things that you probably don't want to be saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to be thinking them, but you probably don't want to be saying them on television. Not a great idea. Um, that is apparently what has led to him being let go. That... uh that need to kind of push the envelope, let's say, based on his beliefs. Yeah, and I agree because we can have fun going back and forth with the specific escapades of eccentricity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout his history, there's no shortage of those. Matt, before we get to the where the wizarding rubber really hits the road here, I yeah. think it's important for us to say that he seemed to be anti-authoritarian to the point where, or anti, or just contrarian in general to the point yeah. where he wanted to be a source of controversy and perhaps at times didn't care what that controversy might be. Uh, there was a book in 1991 called Seizures of Youth, the 60s in Australia, and the authors there say that he got his first post as the wizard of that university just because the uh, the faculty wanted to defuse the conflict they had with him over him getting sacked and getting fired from uh, his Ph.D. program, uh, while they also would provide a non-threatening focus for student activities on campus. So this guy is like, from his mind, he's gotten out of these sorts of situations before. But yeah, this seems different also because he wasn't just being like a, um, a fiddle dee dee wizardry is fun type of dude. He said some really, uh, unfortunately, really mundane and really dumb stuff. Yes, that is that is correct. And and just to stay on what you're talking about, Ben, what he would do if he had a if you have a problem with him, there's a conflict that you have with the wizard. He will bring his stepladder, his very large stepladder. <laughs> He'll set it down in a public place where you can't stop him from talking and just speak and stay there. And then he'll leave and come back the next day and just keep doing it. Uh, I'm, I have a feeling that's why a lot of things came to him and got, <laughs> and got done. Apparently, the, the folks that run Christchurch didn't like him hanging out in the square all the time, having all these large crowds gathering around him and kind of taking away really from everything else that's going on down there from the historic part of Christchurch. But then mm-hmm. they just kind of gave in because he and his <laughs> ladder never left. <laughs> yeah. He had this kind of 
idea that if you stayed where you were, if you didn't give an inch, and if the quote-unquote territory that you appeared to be protecting was so esoteric and maybe not really applicable to the day-to-day lives of a lot of people, then they would eventually just say, we have more worldly fish to fry and go, we'll let this guy ramble on. And then eventually, at least in Christchurch, he became kind of, kind of a fixture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, it's, there's a meme that was making around a little while ago, or I say meme, it was just somebody talking on the internet, which is its own public square. And they pointed out something I thought was so astute. Everybody has a weird, like everybody, every city at least, past a certain size, has its collection of eccentric public characters. Like we had Baton Bob here in Atlanta. We've mm-hmm. also got the uh, the Iron Man. If you're ever lucky enough to see him, there's a guy who made like his own Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. Iron Man inspired exoskeleton. These eccentric characters, when they're not doing harm to the public, are actually one of those things that makes living in a place beautiful and unique. Mm. That's our setup because this became different. Yeah, it really did become different. Uh, ben, why don't, why don't we take a quick break? Hear from a sponsor, and then we'll come right back and finish this story out. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire, part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. 
When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Ben, I'm going to, before we say what he said, mm-hmm. they got him essentially canceled and had had to leave his post as Wizard of Christchurch slash all of New Zealand. Let's talk about this 1990 message he got from the Prime Minister of New Zealand. I'm going to read this to you. It says, Dear Wizard, this is the Prime Minister writing to the Wizard. I enjoyed bumping into you at the Christchurch Arts Center last Saturday morning. It occurs to me that you are currently the Wizard of Christchurch exclusively. As a loyal Christchurch MP, I am pleased about that. But as Prime Minister, I am concerned that your wizardry is not officially at the disposal of the entire nation. I suggest, therefore, that you should urgently consider my suggestion that you become the Wizard of New Zealand, Antarctica, and relevant offshore areas. You will appreciate that this will entail becoming a national treasure, and no doubt, there will be implications in the area of spells, blessings, curses, and other supernatural matters that are beyond the competence of mere prime ministers. (laughs) And this was, uh, you said 1990, right? Yes. This is after a series of, like, public events. Uh, Just, I think, two years later is when he gets the driver's license award. Well, I call it a war, a customized war that said, you know, wizard the, as you described earlier. He he also had done stuff like he tried to resign in 1984 because he's, he blamed uh, a miscast spell on the loss <laughs> of uh, of a local rugby team or the Canterbury rugby team. Oh. And and the city council and the people at Christchurch had a wizard a thon and established a wizard trust to help him continue in the performance of his duties. So he's, I know the for a guy who hates bureaucracy, uh, a bureaucracy seems to be a big fan of him. Right. So, yeah, I think what we're doing here is we're establishing, like he also got, he also got special, uh, he was given something called the Newman award mm-hmm. back in 89. Right. Just because of what was phrased as his tour, his service in the New Zealand tourism industry. Yeah. So people Huge for tourism. Him. Yeah. People loved him. And he, dude, in the early 90s, I think 92, 93, he performed a series of rain dances yes. for New Zealand. And I think two out of three were effective. The second one, it started pouring rain immediately after he got splashed with water as a part of this ritual. And then the skies opened up. I mean, <laughs> it's just coincidence, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and we didn't even talk about it. He got He has a freaking Queen's Service Medal from Queen Elizabeth. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we were talking about this off air. Yeah. 
the, the dude in 2009 was awarded that. Uh, the Queen's Service Medal. She I loves mean, wizards. <laughs> it's I mean, an yeah. established fact. She does. Merlin, you know, w- could not be reached for comment with grudge to this, Ooh. but uh, I do have a black mirror on hand to scry from. So hopefully we will we'll make that work a little later. All right. So people obviously liked him. He was well known. He was just kind of an oddity, but he said some things. He went on a comedy show, at least according to The Guardian and what else? Uh, Stuff.co.nz and all of these other places. They say that he said some things specifically about it was a joke, I believe. I, I can't speak to him. I believe he made a joke about hitting women. And this is really bad. I'm going to read. Should I read it, Ben? You should. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just just to be on the safe side, this is this is the quote that was the impetus for the public to turn against mm-hmm. him. Uh, this also is a description of uh, description of things that are generally thought to be objectionable. Correct. Here is the quote. He says, I love women. I forgive them all the time. I've never struck one yet. Never strike a woman because they bruise too easily is the first thing. And they'll tell the neighbors and their friends. And then you're in big trouble. Oops. You're in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. So this, so here's the idea. If this guy is kind of purposely being controversial for most of his, you know, most most of his time as a public figure, which very much is, uh, is he also, is this like a foray into stand-up comedy? Is this one of those like supposed to be a nod and a wink, you know, edgy Netflix special type comments or what? Well, see, I went back through YouTube. You can find interviews with this guy going back decades. Seriously, on morning shows all over the place. There's one from Good Morning America. It it says 2009 is when it was posted, but that's when it was posted to YouTube. I can't find the actual title of when this clip was made, but it's him speaking when he's quite a bit younger and making jokes about the same kind of thing. Men's rights specifically is what he's saying. Right. Um, And then you can see later clips of him from the past 10 years where he's doing the same kind of spiel. I would recommend everyone search Wizard of New Zealand Feminists on YouTube and you will see his, uh, I guess it is comedy, but like his brand of trying to be funny. Uh, But uh, yeah, in, in any case, just not it's not the right thing to do. It's a way to cast a vanishing spell on yourself within uh, society right now. So mm-hmm. he did it. He also said he considered himself a provocateur. Mm-hmm. And he said that, no, to be clear, the guy is the guy is maybe canceled in the court of public opinion, but he's not going up for, you know, charges of domestic violence or something yeah. like that. He, he said the council... I think the Guardian article you mentioned quotes this. The council had decided to stop paying him because he did not fit the quote unquote vibes of the city. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're still interested in the wonderful Wizard of Christchurch, you can head on over to the Christchurch Heritage Festival. It's occurring right now until the 25th of October, which I guess you'll be hearing this around the time that it's ending. But if you're in Christchurch, the art center's got you. 
uh, <laughs> for the next couple of days. We'd love to get down there someday. We're not going to make it in time for this one, I think. Uh, partially because the flight's so long. Oh, it ends the day this episode comes out, Ben. Oh, okay. <laughs> wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be great if we did If we did make it to the last part of the festival? Well, we'll check our schedules, I think, Matt. But if not, then let's let's do try to get get down to New Zealand and Australia sooner rather than later. That would be fun. So, hey, if you live in Christchurch or New Zealand or anywhere in that area, maybe even Australia, and you know of this person, we'd love to get personal accounts from from you. Uh, also, hey. Shouldn't every country have some kind of supernatural, like, advisor? Come on, guys. We all watch Disney movies, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> Ronald, Ronald Reagan made great use of an astrologer. That is a true story. Uh, the uh, junta that currently controls Myanmar relocated the capital on the advice of an astrologer. There are more supernatural advisors in government than are generally reported. Because it's mm. not, you know, good optics in a lot of countries. What about on Wall Street? Uh, Do you Wall think there's Street? any supernatural stuff happening on Wall Street? There Black are people. Monday. Black Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I have, uh, I have, I have no comment though. I imagine Jonathan Hickman does, uh, but <laughs> you know, not for nothing are there people called wizards of Wall Street, right? Or they've even called themselves at times masters of the universe. But you have to ask when you get into the world of predictive AI and uh, the difference of nanoseconds separating you from profit or loss, you have to ask yourself, at what point is that not something like the occult? Mm. Which just means hidden. <laughs> and our next story is, <laughs> our next story is pivoting uh, to the world of technology, which we did an okay segue by pointing us to Wall Street there, Matt. I, th I thought that was well done. Uh, now we're going uh, to the future. It's a future that you and I predicted many years ago and many other people predicted even earlier than us. Uh, it is not good news. You should not be happy about this. I am not being alarmist. You should be... Uh, Doc, please give me an edit here. You should be freaked the f*** out because let's talk a little bit about robots. Remember, we're talking about jobs, right, folks? So, yep. so there is a robot. It's, it's often called a robot dog, and you've probably seen footage of this if you have been anywhere on the Internet in the last these several years, these several lunar or these many lunar cycles. It's commonly called Spot. It's produced by an outfit named Boston Dynamics. If you go to Boston Dynamics, all one word, dot com forward slash spot right now, you will see plenty of footage, plenty of stats and specs about this little guy who does look like um, an awkwardly legged quadrupedal headless dog. That's what it looks like. It looks like uh, it's described as an agile mobile robot that navigates terrain with unprecedented mobility, allowing you to automate routine inspection tasks and data capture safely, accurately, and frequently. So, Matt, you remember when you and I talked about this guy. He's got the abilities to... Uh, carry different payloads. Uh, he's also 
the agility just keeps getting better and better. You can see people push it over and then it just does like these parkour flips and it's back up like it's in your favorite, you know, martial arts film. Uh, it's also faster than it looks like it should be. Yeah, this uh, this model type has come a long way since they began developing these. We, you remember this, Ben? We were making videos early on and Boston Dynamics was developing this thing. Mm-hmm. And it used to have to be chained up, you know, to the power source and they right. could only walk a little ways and they was learning how to uh, understand terrain. Mm-hmm. And now this thing, if you look at the latest models, like you're talking about the videos where somebody literally kicks it and it does the flip. Dude, it's the agility is terrifying. <laughs> and Matrix 4 is coming out. It's a brave <laughs> new world. But what I'd like people to do if they're on this website now, you're absolutely right. It is evolved by leaps and bounds. Uh, if you scroll all the way down past where it says here are some of our customers, uh, which include places like JPL, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, uh, you go down and you'll see something that says industries. And the first industries you'll see are construction. That makes sense. Oil and gas also makes sense. Power and utilities and mining, both of which make sense. There's a thing, there's a little tab you can hit that says more industries. And then it's where you see manufacturing. It's where you see entertainment. It's where you see the research and then public safety. Now, you can't click on any of these industries Hmm. because... (laughs) Astute listeners, you might have noticed that one of those is going to be controversial, however vaguely phrased. Public safety. Public safety. Now, I can understand what they mean when it comes to, like, if you imagine a bomb-sniffing robot or whatever they, however the industry refers to those machines, right, that go up and have sensors on them to detect whether or not there's actually an explosive device. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's public safety. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, I, you know, uh, publicly, yes, that is the kind <laughs> of safety they're talking about. The public the, public safety. <laughs> the public version of public safety. So why are we saying the public version of public safety as though there is more than one definition at play here? We'll pause for a word from our sponsors, and unless Spot busts into our respective studios, uh, the three of us are going to return and tell you exactly what we mean and why you should be freaked out. Wait, what's Spot going to do? Here, boy. Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, 
time ends. Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we've returned. So one of the things that we talked about Early on in the days of this sort of mobile robotics, uh, this this push, which included a lot of other things, a lot of other form factors you would find in nature, right? Bipedal organisms, uh, the human shaped, uh, or or things that are more caterpillar shaped, right? Millipede mm-hmm. shaped, all of which offer certain advantages. The research is very important because the mobility of these creatures these machines, rather. Mm. First, it's very tempting to, you know, uh, do some version of anthropomorphizing them, but these uh, these designs, these form factors can be enormously advantageous for the exploration of environments that are tough for human beings, like the moon, like Mars, like the bottom of the ocean, places like that. Uh, it's very, very expensive, and in no small way dangerous to get actual humans there. If humans weren't so self-obsessed, it's fair to say that humans would have just done the math and said, hey, you know, we'll just stay here. But of course, being human, they did not because they got to be, you know, it doesn't matter how many other things are on Mars before a person is on Mars. That's kind of the issue. And, And, you know, I get it. But, but we predicted the, potential problems, the potential disasters of having something like this. One of the first things that I recall you saying about it, Matt, was that this was inevitably leading us into a world 
maybe far away, maybe not so far away, where autonomous vehicles became the norm in warfare, and not just in warfare, but maybe in law enforcement, maybe in any kind of conflict. That is the kind of public safety that people have been warning about, that definition, not the public version of public safety that's on the Boston Dynamics website, but what happens when a pack of these things rolls up and they're sicked on a group of people, for lack of a better word. Those people can't really, what, can they hope the thing has a camera on it and say, no, this is a wedding party, not a group of terrorists? Yeah. That's that's what we were worried about, folks, a while back, and now it's happened. Just give you the headline for, let's go to futurism.com. Uh-oh, they strapped a sniper rifle to a robot dog. It's what <laughs> experts have been warning about for years. God. <laughs> What a headline. Dude, beautiful headlines today, all you journalists and writers out there. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if you guys switched iced coffee or what, but it is working. Uh, (laughs) So this is very much a, a real problem. The thing that is on it is called a spur, special purpose unmanned rifle. And it was a demonstrated at the Association of the U.S. Army's annual convention in Washington, D.C., just just earlier this week. And it it is a sniper rifle mounted on this quadruped robot. You can see you can see many photographs of it. You can see video as well. The spur, that specific firearm, uh, is a the components overall, it's a 10-shot rifle, a 30 power zoom. Right now, people are quick to say, look, this isn't AI. This isn't, this is unmanned, but it's not autonomous. A human operator has to command it to fire, similar to the way a human operator would run a drone. That's how it is now. Yeah. It's like the rifle that was mounted in the back of that truck bed uh, from a story not long ago where. It came out that Mossad assassinated an Iranian nuclear scientist when right. they were not in country, but they right. were operating a, a sniper rifle through mm-hmm. remote control. Mm. Yeah. And this sniper rifle is capable, we, we can get into the specs of it, but it's capable of engaging a target that is as far away as three quarters of a mile. So how fast can you run, folks? God, is this thing an actual Boston Dynamics one, or is it one that is like based on that? They're working. Design? They're working with, um, I think, the Ghost Robotics Vision sixty quadruped, and it's coming from an outfit called Sword. Okay, okay, got it. So this this is actually this is not the Boston Dynamics spot. That's a really good point. Ghost Robotics is based in Philadelphia. But if you look at their form factors, they have a lot in common and by necessity they're going to have a lot of the same mechanisms. Mm-hmm. It looks almost identical. Right, right. Kind of like Tyco Super Bricks and Legos or whatever. But the the Vision 60 robots were spotted in a U.S. Air Force exercise in 2020. Uh, so they are going to, they're being considered for active deployment in some degree. This rifle, this 10-shot rifle, is chambered inside 
uh, 6.5 millimeter Creedmoor. The Creedmoor is known for being a kind of a hit what you see round at longer ranges in mm. some ways. So they contrast it to things like the 0.308 Winchester. But the idea is that the scope, which is thermal also, will help a human operator be able to clearly make a decision on whether or not to fire or engage. And mm-hmm. that that misses a lot of variables. I mean, oh, also I should say this Air Force thing, which was at Nellis Air Force Base, both Spot and the Vision 60 were together. Like they gotcha. were both involved in the exercise. And both of them can do a lot of the same things. It's a Pepsi Coke comparison. That might be mm-hmm. even better. They can climb staircases. They can do their parkour flips if they get knocked over. They can both carry the same amount of payload that's a little more than 30 pounds. Uh, they both have, they're both not super duper fast. They're just faster than they look like they should be because they're kind of awkward, you know? Uh, but eventually, Ghost Robotics is saying the Vision 60 will be able to go, uh, will be able to sprint at uh, 6.71 miles per hour. Uh, why does that matter? Because a human who is not Usain Bolt can run about eight miles an hour. And the, the fastest any sprinter has ever run documented was Usain Bolt who just for like a very small amount of time was running at about 27 and a half miles an hour. Oh my gosh. So that might make you say, hey, I'll be okay. I'll be able to, you know, stay safe from these robotic attack dogs if I hang with Usain Bolt. But no, Usain Bolt is the worst person for you to hang with in that situation. It's like the old joke about the bear, right? (laughs) Yeah, he's gone. (laughs) Like the bear Yeah, two guys see a bear out in the woods, and then one of them uh, starts running. The other one stopped and ties his shoes, and he's running, and he catches up with them. They're both running. He's like, why'd you stop to tie your shoes? I don't have to run faster than the bear. I just have to run faster than you. Da-da-da-da-da. So Um. this (laughs) – exactly. Uh, So there's levity here, but the the issue is that what we're seeing is a series of – what we're seeing is a series of eroding promises and standards, right? And eroding the erosion of assumptions or the disproving of assumptions. Like we know this can't – right now they're saying, yes, it will always be a human operator. But there's not really a law against it being autonomous at this point because the legislation hasn't caught up with the with the technology. And so I would want to ask – you and ask our fellow our fellow conspiracy realist here, do you think this will always be human guided or will it eventually turn into something autonomous? Yeah, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't become autonomous just with the way, you know, general trends are going. And Ben, like I was just thinking about this, the conversations we were having about these things early, early on because of their association with DARPA and some of these other weapons manufacturers and researchers and the same money coming from grants from the government, it's all going there. We knew these were going to be weapons. Like, that's why they were being developed. Eventually, they will become weapons, like most high-tech things, <laughs> or at least they started as weapons uh, <clears throat> originally. I don't know. Right. Maybe that's pessimistic. No, that- 
I mean, no, it's it's not pessimistic. I would say it's realistic. I would say it's a very good point, man, because think about, you know, the old conversation regarding the creation of machine consciousness, like an actual sentient thing that just happens to also be a computer program. The closest things to those now are being created as soldiers, as super mm. soldiers, right? They're very quickly being weaponized. You could you could argue, in fact, that the first AI program, the first actual machine consciousness may end up being a lot like a child soldier in terms of its um, its experiences. And I know that's a very not fun thing to think about, but that kind of analogy does hold true. And so we have to ask ourselves, you know, how how long will it be before something like this goes in? And then we also have to ask ourselves, like civilization has to ask itself a uh, cost-benefit here. Does this kind of approach, uh, it's a cost-benefit, right? Does this kind of approach save more lives than it will inevitably harm? By which I mean, you know, the idea is you can save the lives of people who otherwise would have been in war. They would have been in a hot war. It is statistically certain that many would have been grievously injured or they would have died. And instead, what's happening is a robo-dog is, is rendered inoperable. So that's expensive, but it's not as expensive as a human life. And then on the flip side, of course, what happens when these things are in a conflict and they take human lives? What happens yeah. if, if they get the wrong group? I mean, it's already happened with drones. Mm-hmm. And there's human involvement with those, right? There's a lot of intelligence that goes into that. And when I say intelligence, I mean in, intel gathering. <laughs> um, no, not, not, not saying, geez. Anyway, uh, yes. I, I just had this vision, Ben, of all of these robots that that have these, you know, metals that we just talked about in a couple episodes previous that we have to gather from the bottom of the ocean or the moon or from asteroids because we're running out of some of these precious metals that have to go into these machines and the chips, like, and all that stuff. I'm just seeing the future wars based on the fact that each superpower needs to create more robots so that they can fight each other on some battlefield where mm -hmm. all the humans suffer in that region. Ugh. That's true. And it's something that people, it's something that people need to be aware of. So the truth of the matter is that this kind of news can get, it can get a political slant, right? Or it can get a nationalistic slant of some sort. And neither of those are particularly helpful. The future is coming. And the future, the, this kind of future, I'm not sure the best way to say this Imagine you live, like Matt said, in a country that is war-torn, and has been so for years, decades, or in some cases, generations. It doesn't really matter who the president or the premier or the prime minister of another country is. It doesn't matter uh, what kind of names change, because in no cases have those stopped the bombs from falling. So like the, these, and also we have to be clear, like these innovations are being made by wealthy countries and these innovations are going to hit the ground in already disadvantaged countries. 
Now, will they be a boon for things like domestic law enforcement? Sure, maybe. You know, will there be a future where it's legal for a private citizen to have a robo dog with a gun on it? You know what I mean? Just kind of just kind of prancing around. And I'll, I'll say it too. I ever, I very rarely use this word, but they're cute, right? And just kind of jumping around in the, in the front yard until somebody crosses the line or something. Like that's very much the reality we're headed to. And it's a question that if, if history is any precedent, it's a question that we're going to answer as a civilization far too late, far too late to prevent any unnecessary chaos. So with that, what do you all think? Is it cost benefit? Is it better to have, is it better to have these things out there? Is there any way to step back from the precipice or do you like, uh, my equally (laughs) pessimistic, very close friend, ride or die, Matt Frederick, do you like us believe that this is, this is already happening? We're just on the roller coaster hearing that as you get to the top of the hill. That's where we're at. That's where I think we're at on the ride. Uh, I just went to Six Flags, and the only ride I was able to get on was the Great American Scream Machine. No, I almost died on that thing. The wooden one? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. yeah. I just had a vision of that old rickety wooden thing, and we're just all on it, just clinking up. We have no idea how much our head and back is going to hurt. <laughs> uh, let's also point out somebody died on a roller coaster in Six Flags a number of years ago. It was called Z-Force. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got to stop bringing us back to these inevitable deaths due to technology. Uh, but we do want to hear from you folks. We also do want to hear, don't forget, let us know. Um, let us know about your findings or your beliefs about the interaction between the uh, quote-unquote occult and government or the supernatural mm-hmm. and government, which we're opening a, a bit of a door there. But we would love to hear from you. Uh, as always, we hope you're staying safe. We're hoping we hope you're having a great week. Thank you also, especially to everybody who's been sending us amazing personal stories about the unexplained, the ghostly, and the possibly supernatural. We can't wait to hear more. We'd love to hear from you. We try to make it easy to find us online. Yes, on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, we are Conspiracy Stuff. On Instagram, we are Conspiracy Stuff Show. If you don't like social media, you can use your mouth to talk to us with your phone. You can call our number, 1-833-STDWYTK. Yes, you'll have three minutes. Those three minutes are your own. Uh, You'll hear a hopefully familiar voice, and it will tell you that you're in the right place. And at that point, give yourself a wonderful nickname, alias, perhaps a magical pseudonym. Uh, Tell us what's on your mind. Second, most importantly, tell us if it's okay to use your name and or message on the air. Most important thing, when you call 1-833-STDWYTK, if you have a story that needs more than three minutes, if you have extra links you want to send, if you have a picture of that strange thing in the sky or in the woods, don't censor yourself. Don't edit yourself, folks. Send us all of that directly. We read every single letter we get at our good old-fashioned email address where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com.
Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.